Hey, hey, skinny peeps. I'm glad you're here. This is Bevan Caramello, and you're listening to The Skinny with Jesus. Today is October 23rd, 2018, and we are in the middle of a series called Hey Jude, walking through the book of Jude together. Um, Jude was the little brother of Jesus, also the brother of James, who was also the brother of Jesus. Uh, and James wrote the book of James, okay, both younger brothers of Jesus, the sons of Mary and Joseph. Okay. Today we are looking at one of Jude's, um, I think we could say it's one of his most clear and obvious reminders to us in this letter. He tells us to remember the warnings of Christ's apostles. Okay. So let's just start right there. Let's jump straight to it. Um, in verse 17 in the book of Jude, it's a short book. It's only one chapter. At the back, right before you get to Revelation, second to the last book of the Bible, the back of the New Testament. Okay, we're going to start at Jude uh, chapter 1, because there's only one chapter, verse 17. It says, But dear friends, remember what the apostles of our Lord Jesus Christ foretold. They said to you, In the last times there will be scoffers who will, who will follow their own ungodly desires. Verse 19, These are the men who divide you, who follow mere natural instincts and do not have the spirit. Scoffers, you guys, scoffers, people who will ridicule you, people who will make fun of you, reject you on behalf of your faith in Christ. That is what Jude is saying here. Remember, Peter told you this would happen right? Paul warned you about this. John, he told us about it too. Jude is saying, don't be surprised by the ungodly who will scoff at your godly choices. So let's look at some of those other places in scripture where the apostles speak to this, okay? I want us to start, um, let's turn to the book of Second Peter, we're going to be in 2 Peter chapter 2, and I want to read us verses 1 through 3, okay? It says, But there were also false prophets among the people, just as there will be false teachers among you. They will secretly introduce destructive heresies, even denying the sovereign Lord who bought them. Who bought them? Do you guys, do we realize that? We have been bought. There was a price on us. Jesus bought us at the cross with his life. goes on to say, bringing swift destruction on themselves. Verse 2, many will follow their shameful ways and will bring the way of truth into disrepute. In their greed, these teachers will exploit you with stories they have made up. Their condemnation has long been hanging over them and their destruction has not been sleeping. Okay, I want to look at just a couple more verses and then we're, we're going to unpack that a little bit. Still in the book of Second Peter, but turn the page. I want us to move to chapter 3. I want to read verse 17. Peter says, Therefore, dear friends, since you already know this, be on your guard so that you may not be carried away by the error of lawless men and fall from your secure position. So why are Jude and Peter so passionate about this? Why do you, why do you guys think they're both just driving this home? You know, watch out for these false teachers. They're going to come. They're going to try. These heresies are going to happen. These cults are going to branch off. 
but they're not true. They're not real. Be careful. Be watchful. Why are they so passionate about this? I mean, they're saying these men who have slipped in among you, remember in Jude, we read that a few weeks back, these men who have slipped in among you, Peter says, they will secretly introduce destructive heresies. That was in 2 Peter chapter 2, verse 1. And they are only out for themselves. They will try to drag you away from the truth you've been taught. Why? The answer to that question is in the next verse that we read in 2 Peter chapter 3, 17. So you will fall. So that because it says, be on your guard so that you may not be carried away by the error of lawless men and fall from your secure position. Because ultimately that's the result. If these if we fall into believing these false teachers, we fall, right? We fall into sin. We end up disowning the truth of the gospel for lies. You guys, these godless men, these false teachers, they promise freedom they cannot deliver. They are slaves to depravity themselves. How in the world could they offer us freedom? We know that's only found through Christ. That's only found through the gospel. I want to read you guys another verse in 2 Peter chapter 2, verse 19. Talking about these same lawless men. Peter says, They promise them freedom while they themselves are slaves of depravity. For a man is a slave to whatever has mastered him. A man is a slave to whatever has mastered him. Okay, turn back with me to the book of Jude. Give you guys a second to get there. You know, if you're listening in the car or on the treadmill or wherever and you don't have your Bible, I'm going to read all the verses for us. Okay, back in the book of Jude, let's pick it up in verse 12. I want to read verses 12 and 13. Okay, keep in mind the verse we just read in 2 Peter, that they are slaves to depravity, slaves to whatever has mastered them. Okay, Jude, verses 12 and 13 says this. These men are blemishes at your love feasts, eating with you without the slightest qualm, shepherds who feed only themselves. They are clouds without rain, blown along by the wind, autumn trees without fruit and uprooted, twice dead. They are wild waves of the sea foaming up their shame, wandering stars for whom blackest darkness has been reserved forever. So that part of verse 12 that has just stuck with me, it's just been all over me, guys, for, for days, is that part in, the, in verse 12 that says that these men are shepherds who feed only themselves. You guys, a shepherd's job is to take care of his sheep, right? I mean, can you just try to picture the starving little sheep with me, helpless and cold because of the shepherd who doesn't feed them, right? The shepherd who only feeds himself, who is only concerned with himself. It kind of reminds me, it kind of made me think of um, like imagining being at like a neighborhood barbecue or a party with friends where everybody's kids are there too. And you know, if you, you know, if you have kids or maybe you've seen other people with their kids, you've seen others do this, 
for for them, they'll go through the line. Everybody puts the food out and it's time to eat. And then the oftentimes parents, they'll go through the line first and then and they make a plate for their kids first, right? They make a plate for their kids and then they they take it to them and they say, okay, kids, you know, get off the trampoline, get out of the pool, get off your bikes, whatever it is that they're doing for entertainment. Put down your video games. Come eat your dinner. Here's your nourishment. Here's what you need. I made you a plate. They feed the ones they love, right? The the ones that have been entrusted to them. That's kind of what popped in my mind is that when you when you love the ones that are entrusted to you, you feed them, you take care of them. In Jude here in verse 12, he says, These are shepherds who feed only themselves. And it just got me thinking, you know, Jesus, on the other hand, he calls himself the good shepherd. Jesus tells us actually in three different times in um, the book of John, in John chapter 10, he tells us three different times, I am the good shepherd who lays down his life for his sheep. I mean, that's that's even bigger than feeding them, right? Not only do I feed my sheep, but I lay down my life for my sheep. Then turn with me to the book of John. I want us to look together. I want you guys to see this one for yourself. I just love the contrast here. John chapter 6, verse 35 says, Then Jesus declared, I am the bread of life. He who comes to me will never go hungry, and he who believes in me will never be thirsty. Wow, right? That is such a contrast from what we just read about these godless men in the book of Jude. Jude is telling us that these These are shepherds who feed only themselves. And here we see Jesus say, I am the good shepherd. And he who comes to me will never go hungry, will never thirst. It's so different from those shepherds who feed only themselves. I love the beauty of scripture. It's so perfect. And Paul tells us also in um, 2 Timothy I think, let's see, let me find it. 2 Timothy chapter 2. I'm going to read verses 3 through 5. Okay. Paul tells us that a time is coming when false teachers are going to tell people whatever they want to hear. Whatever it is. They, they're going to figure it out. They're going to manipulate. They know what people want to hear. And they're going to tell them whatever it is to, they want to hear to make them feel good to serve their own purposes. Okay, let's look at these verses in 2 Timothy, Paul talking here. Because remember, the main message in in what we're looking at in Jude today is he's saying, remember what the apostles have said, right? Remember what the apostles of our Lord Jesus Christ foretold. They told you this was going to happen. We saw Peter warning about it, Jude warning about it. Now we see Paul in 2 Timothy warning us about it. Chapter 4, verses 3. Three through five, Paul says, For the time will come when men will not put up with sound doctrine. Instead, to suit their own desires, they will gather around them a great number of teachers to say what their itching ears want to hear. They will turn their ears away from the truth and turn aside to myths. Right? 
But you keep your head in all situations, endure hardship, do the work of an evangelist, discharge all the duties of your ministry. You guys, Paul's telling us, he says, the time is going to come where you're going to have to you're going to have to really cut through the the falsehood, cut through the yuck and make sure you're clinging to truth. You guys, my friends, that time is now. We are in it. Remember our episode about rejecting falsehood? We have to hold everything this world throws at us and wants us to believe up to the light of scripture. Whatever it is, politics, things on the news, um, our music, and, and ideas about pop culture, the ways we spend our money, everything needs to be tested. Okay, if you have your Bibles, flip just a couple of books to the right, turn to uh, the book of First John. We're going to be in chapter 4. And let's read verse 1 together. John says, Dear friends, do not believe every spirit, but test the spirits to see whether they are from God, because many false prophets have gone out into the world. What does John tell us to do here? How can we know if it's false or not? He says, test the spirit. Is it God's Holy Spirit that's leading them, that's driving them? Or is it something else, some other evil or their own ungodly desires or mere instincts? Remember, Jude talks about that too. So Jesus tells us that we will know a tree by its fruit, right? We will know a tree by its fruit. An orange tree produces oranges. An apple tree produces apples. Okay, let's uh, turn with me to the book of Luke, chapter 6, verses 43 and 44. Jesus says, No good tree bears bad fruit, nor does a bad tree bear good fruit. Each tree is recognized by its own fruit. People do not pick figs from thorn bushes or grapes from briars. And then again in Matthew uh, chapter 7, verse 20, Jesus says again, Thus, by their fruit, you will recognize them. By their fruit, you will recognize them. A good tree isn't going to bear bad fruit, and a, and a bad tree isn't going to bear good fruit. And you're not going to go pick figs from thorn bushes, and you're not going to get grapes from briars. So by their fruit. So some of you may remember our Fruit of the Spirit series from last year. Uh, it comes from um, the book of Galatians in chapter 5. talks about that the fruit in our lives uh, of the Holy Spirit living in us, the things that that's going to produce in us if we are walking with the Spirit, if we're spending daily time in the Word of God, reading our Bibles, going through Bible studies, spending daily time in prayer, that we're going to see that fruit and we'll recognize it because it's going to look like the fruit of the Holy Spirit, which is love, joy, peace, patience, kindness, goodness, faithfulness, gentleness, and self-control. You guys, if it doesn't look like that, it is not from God. 
this should naturally right now in this conversation, this should bring us to a place internally in our own hearts and our own minds right now that we're asking ourselves, what does my own fruit look like? Do I look like that? Do I look like those things we just talked about? Love, joy, peace, patience, and so on. Where do I need to ask God for help? What part of me doesn't look like that? What part of my life isn't bearing fruit that looks like the Holy Spirit? You know, for me right now, I've been asking God a lot lately to help me with gentleness. Lord, help me to look more like Jesus here. Help me to be gentler with the truth. You know, what does that prayer look like for you right now? Maybe you need an abundance of self-control that you know only God can give you to break free from an addiction or to stay away from a bad habit or even an unhealthy relationship. Maybe for you, that prayer right now is asking God to help you, help to develop in you more love for a difficult family member, you know, a love that is so big and so deep. It it can only come from him. So you can love that person enough to forgive them. Maybe it's faith. Maybe you are wrestling with doubts and unbelief in your faith right now, and you need God to help you fight for your faith. Whatever it is, seek him in it. It's worth it. He'll meet you in the struggle. He'll meet you in the doubting or the anger or the pain. You know, what's the alternative? Let's wrap up here. Thinking about that, what's the alternative? Look at what Jude says about these godless men who don't have the Holy Spirit. Let's read verses um, 12 and 13 again, and we'll go on through to verse 16. It says, These men are blemishes at your love feasts, eating with you without the slightest qualm, shepherds who feed only themselves. They are clouds without rain, blown along by the wind, autumn trees without fruit and uprooted, twice dead. They are wild waves of the sea foaming up their shame, wandering stars for whom blackest darkness has been reserved forever. Enoch, the seventh from Adam, prophesied about these men. See, the Lord is coming with thousands upon thousands of his holy ones to judge everyone and to convict all the ungodly of all the ungodly acts they have done in the ungodly way. And of all the harsh words, ungodly sinners have spoken against him. These men are grumblers and fault finders. They follow their own evil desires. They boast about themselves and flatter others for their own advantage. You guys, Jude reassures us here. He says, God has a plan for the wicked and the ungodly. You can trust him to deal with it. He reminds us, he says, the Lord is coming with thousands upon thousands of his holy ones. He will deal with this. But be aware. Remember the warnings of the apostles. Right? There are ungodly people who will try to move you convince you, sway you. They will scoff at you. 
And we have to fight the good fight of faith. Some of you have have read that before when Paul says that. We have to fight the good fight of faith. There are people who are going to sneak in among you. And how are we going to recognize them? How are we going to know them? By their fruit. We'll know them by their fruit. Are they for us or against us? Remember Jude's charge to us in the very beginning of his letter, back in verse 3, he urges us to contend for the faith that's been entrusted to us. Why? Because it's worth it, right? A couple weeks ago, our pastor said something in church that uh, has really stuck with me. He said, the gospel is the most priceless thing we've ever encountered. It's worth it. It's worth it. Let's pray. Oh, Father God, Lord, I'm so thankful for your scriptures. I'm so thankful um, that they never change, that you are a rock, that you are faithful and kind, and that we can turn to you, that we can always go back to scripture for truth, because so much in this world sways and leans, and it changes, Lord. And so I just want to praise you for being a God who never changes. Lord, I thank you for this time together. Um, I thank you for each person who is listening to this message, both now and in the future. I thank you for the work that you are doing in them, the fruit that you are producing through your Holy Spirit in them. Lord, thank you for sending your Spirit to work on us, to, to counsel us, to be our helper. Lord, I just pray that in the days and weeks to come, um, that you would just help us to be mindful Help us to um, stand up for your truth, to truly know in our bones, to know that we know that we know that it's worth it. Your truth, your gospel, it's worth it. And Lord, I just pray that you would continue to use it to transform us and change us into who you've called us to be. It's in Jesus' name we pray. Amen. Well, thanks again for being with us today. Please know that I am praying for each of you. I ask God to use these messages for His purposes um, and to, to bring them to who He has them planned for. You know, without Him in this, the skinny is nothing, right? Like, it really, I mean that. It would just be empty words. Um, but when He shows up, and He does every week, and I'm so grateful because without Him, I wouldn't have anything to say. Um, but when He shows up through His Spirit, in us and the power of his word, things start to move. He breaks chains. He restores. He heals. You guys, he gets it done. If I can ever pray specific prayers for you, please don't hesitate to reach out. You know, send me a message um, via Facebook. I'll try to get back to you. I, I, I really will. And if you're not already, um, if you're not already a part of our Facebook page. Just search The Skinny with Jesus in Facebook and then add yourself there. And feel free to invite any friends or family, too, that you think um, would like to plug in here, that you think might find value here. Um, I'd love for that page to eventually become a place of dialogue for all of us um, to bounce thoughts back and forth about 
the messages, um, to post inspirational quotes and scripture, and you know, to even post prayer requests. So wouldn't it be awesome um, to use our access to social media for good? So all are welcome. Invite away. I hope you guys all have a blessed week. And until we are together again, please know that I am praying for you and yours. Bye now.